read together that Luther quote, which is in your bulletin. Even though death consume us, we yet shall not feel its sharp fangs. For Christ's word is our armor that supplies us with a confident life and a quiet, peaceful death and eternal life. The text for the sermon this day is taken from John 8, verse 51, which says, Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. To start, I'm going to tell you about my 33rd birthday. The story that our youth already heard, so I guess they could hear it again. But it was my 33rd birthday, which, to give you perspective as to how long ago it is, um, this August I turned 35, so you can decide am I young or old, your choice. But it was my 33rd birthday. And so that afternoon I went to the hospital in Spencer, I was visiting one of our members. Her name was Lois. She, had, she was 96 years old, had a really bad fall in her house, broke her hip. And so she was about to go through with a major surgery because her choice was either the surgery or to lie in a bed and do nothing for seven to eight months. And given the fact that she, up until she fell, she was driving, she was living her life pretty actively. That was not an option for her. The alternative was a surgery that had a very high mortality rate at her age. And so she opted for the surgery. And so I prayed with her, I sang the hymn, and trust your days and burdens. And so then I went home and I began to wind down for the day. I heard my phone, my church phone ring. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where the phone rang and you couldn't quite get to it. You couldn't figure out which pocket it was in. And so I missed it and had to quickly get to the voicemail. It was just as, and I, so I got to the voicemail and it was, and it was actually right at the time, I was about to settle down for my evening. And I heard the message that Jose Castillo was in a, in a car accident, was in an accident. Now, I was expecting to hear what happened with Lois's funeral, or Lois's surgery. But instead I got this message of an accident. I didn't know which Jose, because there's a senior and a junior, but I made the way over to Spirit Lake Hospital, and when I got there, along the way, I found out it was Junior. And when I got there, I found his mother in tears, in incredible grief. Her son was not responsive. And to make a long story short, by the end of the night, he passed away. At 20 years old, he died. And I spent that, after, spent that evening there until about midnight, with the family, praying, crying with them. As a young pastor, that was my first really, really tough funeral. Really, really tough death. 
I remember the next day I went to this high school because I, I used to make the habit of actually visiting the high school during lunch. And so I visited the, high, the kids. And I, when I, the minute I got there, our principal came to me and said, this is definitely a day we need you. And the reason was, was not only did he die, apparently another student, her mother died in a car accident the night before. So you go into the, went into that, for those of you who have been in a high school cafeteria, usually it's very talkative, it's loud, it's noisy. That, one, that day it was like walking into a wake. Everybody was in grief. Because Jose's sister was a, was a senior in high school. His brother was a freshman. The grief of losing him was felt throughout that school. I remember the funeral. They actually had a school bus from HMS come up for the funeral. And then I remember a few months later going to his commencement from Northwest Community College, where obviously he didn't get to receive the diploma. His sister did in, in his stead. So I bring up that story, and Pastor Salcedo, I'm pretty certain, has his own set of stories he could definitely tell. But I bring that up because you have, I started out expecting that a 96-year-old member was going to pass, and she died a year later, but I expected that only to find out it was a 20-year-old. And it's such a striking reminder of the reality that we are never far from death. Remember a few weeks ago, Ash Wednesday, we all came here, and the, all, many of you came up and you received the ash, and I, myself and Pastor Salcedo said, Receive, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. One of the striking realities, especially when some of our children and our youth went up, is I am telling them, you are going to die. That's what those words mean. That's what that ash means. That we are all destined for death. It can happen through a variety of ways. It can happen through an accident. It can happen when you're older and, you're and you have a bad fall. It could be heart disease. It could be cancer. It could be com come by means of some form of violence. We hear about things all over the news. We hear about school shootings. We hear about terrorist attacks. We hear about wars. We hear of so many different ways that death is befalling people all around this country, around this world. We can't escape it. As that hymn we, read, we just sang, I walk in danger all the way. Or as the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. All of life is a shadow of death. There is no promise from the Christian faith that because you are a Christian, you're going to be saved from this. 
There's no promise that if you become a Christian, your life is going to be all hunky-dory and things are going to be like gumdrops and candy and cotton candy or whatever. Life is going to still beat you down. Life is still going to be difficult. In fact, if you re- listen, actually listen to the words of Jesus, he actually tells you that because you're a Christian and the bolder you are in your faith, your life is going to actually be worse. Because the world cannot tolerate bold Christians. I mean, haven't you heard it? What are the two things you're not allowed to talk about? Politics, which in some ways degree agree with that one, and religion. You're not allowed to talk about your faith according to most of our culture. And if you do, it's a good, if you talk about it a lot, it's a good way to get people to not like you. And Jesus warned against it. Last year, my, la- my last year in Ocheden, we were going through the one-year lectionary. And there's one little gospel lesson that the three-year skips out, and if somebody wanted to, they could skip it out on the one-year. And that is, a, is about the abomination of desolation. It's a reading in Scripture that is so very difficult to read. But Jesus gives the warning. that parents were going to hand over their own children to be killed. He gives the warning that your crops are going to be trampled over, that you'll be surrounded by death, where you're going to be wanting to flee to the mountains out of terror. Scripture promises that life is not going to be easy. If you have good days, you have easy days, the very first thing you, gotta do, you should be doing is praying and saying, thank you, God, for this moment or this day or this week. But recognizing that they're not always going to be that way. We think that sometimes having a long life is better. But in reality, that just means you get to spend a longer time dealing with the assaults of this world. But see, as it's, again, that verse, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Now again, obviously, Jesus is not talking about a physical death. He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about you won't see eternal death. See, that is what Lent is all about. The season of Lent is all about the fact that we are dying. And it's all about getting you ready to die well. It's preparing you for death. Because every single one of us will be fallen. Now, I know there's two people in the Bible that didn't die, but I'd not like any of our chances to add to that number to three. Death will befall us all, which is why 
The words of Scripture, the words of our God are so incredibly precious. That's why you have services on Wednesday to disrupt your daily life and step out and spend time in God's Word, to spend time in prayer, to spend time singing. Because we are all getting ourselves ready and we'll get all the way down to Holy Week. And you'll see at the very end of Palms or Maundy Thursday, you're going to hear those words of Psalm 22. And you're going to see that altar being stripped. And everything will be stripped bare. Reminding you of how Christ was stripped bare for you. And also reminding you that when you die, you get to take nothing with you. And it prepares you for the next day, Good Friday. And when you come together on Good Friday, you hear about the passion, about the crucifixion. And there's an interesting tradition in the Good Friday service. I never observed this until last year. If you look throughout your hymns in Lutheran service book, if you go through all the Lenten hymns, none of them have doxologies. In other words, none of them have the little triangle in the very last verse, with the exception of two. And the reason is, is because some pastors make the tradition of singing no doxological verses during Lent, with the exception of one time. And it's at the very end of Good Friday. When you sing the hymn, Sing my tongue the glorious battle. It's really amazing because Good Friday, think about Good Friday, gets darker. It gets heavier and heavier. The other hymns are like stricken, smitten, and afflicted. Oh, oh, sacred head now wounded. Those very emotional hymns are, oh, dearest Jesus, what law hast thou broken? Have you heard that recently? In the form of bells, maybe? Those hymns are they're heavy. But this one is joyous. And it ends with a, the congregation standing. Why? Because the cross is victory. It is the, the defeat of your sin. It is the defeat of death. It is the defeat of the devil. See, we as Christians, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we should not fear any evil. Because Christ, the very true Son of God, the great I Am, as he told the crowd in John 8, before Abraham was born, I Am. He was the one in the burning bush speaking to Moses. That's what he was telling the crowd. That very God became human flesh to die on a cross and to rise from the dead so that when we face death all the way, we know that it is not the end. We know that when death meets us, we get to go to heaven. But by the way, heaven is not the end either. The end is your body will 
rise. Strong, mighty, victorious, glorified. That's why we walk through this world. That's why we come and interrupt our lives. Why we spend time in God's word. That's why we gather in this place called a sanctuary. Set apart. A place set apart from a crazy, hectic world. Where things happen that are not normal. We do things like, the thing I like to always make mention when, it, again, when it, I'm sorry to keep on bringing up Ochita, but anyways, when I was up there, as I chant. We chant. In case you don't know, when I went to McDonald's today, I did not say, give me a cheeseburger. I don't chant my order. It's not normal. <laughs> Although I might do that, see with how they react. <laughs> but we don't do that. This, it's a sign that this place is set apart. In a world that is chaotic. In a world that wants to beat you and strike you down. You get this place set apart. To dwell in the comfort of God's word. So that whenever the devil comes and attacks you, we're not afraid. We stand in Christ. We stand against the devil. Because we know in the end, we are his child. That's why that ash was made the sign of a cross. You were baptized just like Riker Ulrich was on Sunday. Receive the sign of the cross on your forehead, marking you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Don't fear death. Don't fear the world. Rest in God's word and proclaim it Proclaim it to so many people in our community who need that comfort. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. We sing the next three verses of the hymn.